Okay, so yeah, well, I hope I hit what you wanted to hear. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to hear anything. I want to have an interesting conversation that make yes. people go, "Wow, that's kind of interesting." You are so good, by the way. You know, really getting to the questions. Oh, good. Well, thank I, you. I appreciate thank you. that. I can, you know. Well, well, I appreciate it. Again, like I say, people are listening. Yay! <laughs> I know. Well, it's funny because I started this podcast. Oh, let me think. This might be episode 156 coming up, which means oh. it's the end of three years. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. Crazy. It coming Amazing. out every Monday. But that's one of the key things that you have to do as a personal brand is be consistent. I just had on the podcast, Jay Bear, who, if you don't oh, know Jay Bear, I follow him. I like, I feel like a groupie, like forget Mick Jagger. Like I love all you branding guys and girls. I Jay Bear, him. the conversation I had with him, I always love having him on the podcast. We talked about consistency being the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. after we got off the podcast record, we talked about that even more about how he was so consistent one entire year mm -hmm. writing blog posts every single day. Wow. That's a heavy lift because we were, you know, when I write a blog post, I'm sure when you do too, minimum two hours, yeah, probably more like four. And you're doing that on top of a regular job to stay consistent yeah. so you can build your personal brand. Is yeah. that what you have to do? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. Well, put it this way. It's more important that you are consistent in whatever you do. For example, my podcast comes out every Monday, even if yes. I don't want to do it. There will be a podcast on a Monday. That's great. And I'm sure that you counsel your clients with, yeah, it's nice that perhaps you want to go dark for the fourth quarter of the year. We can't. Yeah. We can't. We can't. I know we do ours every other Wednesday and then hopefully we'll, you know, as he does more, but we're, you know, it's, it's really con the consistency is, is right. And then of course my company, you know, we have a pot, I have my podcast, but it kind of it's, I've been, I started mine, I think it was January, 2018, but I only have maybe 50 something episodes. So it's only there, 50, only yeah, 50, I know only 50 or something, 50 something, but for the client, you know, you're right. It's just all about its consistency and just continuing to just be consistent. And, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of work, all these posts. Let me ask you a question about what you're wearing. And yes. I promise it's not going to be crass. Okay, yes. You're wearing red and black. Mm -hmm. Behind you is a red neon sign with red neon lips and all that stuff. Yes. I'm looking at your Facebook and on that Facebook is a picture of you and I think your dream camp partner talking and you're wearing black. Okay. I'm guessing you've yes. got a pretty set color scheme related to the brand known as Carrie Balog. Am I right about that? You know what? It's funny. I, yes. I mean, red, I just bought a red wallet today and I feel like I am, whether I like it or not, I kind of really am um, attracted to, to red. And I think it just, I feels right. <laughs> so I have a red lip ring and I kind of just went with that and it feels, yeah, it feels on brand for sure. Well, that's the key. It feels yeah. on brand. Now, again, podcast listeners, you don't know this because you're not watching a live feed because I'm not putting out a live feed, but I actually changed my shirt to put on my regular black button down shirt because that's my thing. The man in black with the black frame glasses and stuff like that. Yes. And part of that is because I want to be consistent. And so that if you see me in person, you won't even consciously register it, but you'll go, 
oh, that's DP. He's wearing, you know, he's wearing the black shirt. He's got the black glasses. So that's yep. probably him. You'll yep. notice I'm not, I don't have acid pink hair or anything like that. There are plenty of personal brands who do that type of gimmick yeah. stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about embracing what Johnny Cash did back in the days, which was, I'm the man in black. Why? Because I always wear black. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And yeah. I eat all your photos and you're, you're right. I think it's about the consistency and people recognizing you. And I, you know, again, with the, I know you said having all the same handles, but I remember helping, you know, when I used to do brand strategy sessions and mastermind groups, helping startup entrepreneurs and looking at all their social channels and they had a different photo, different haircut in Facebook and Instagram. I'm like, no, we got to just, you know, you all have to be the same. So people recognize you and just create that, that brand. And you give cues and clues to who you are by how you present yourself. So you say you're attracted to red. Well, Guess what? That tells me something about you, which is you're a woman who's not afraid to be associated with probably the most provocative uh, red flag to a bull color that there is in the world. Shy and retiring? Eh, maybe you're not. <laughs> Mousy brown? No. no. Sage green? Don't think so. I know. Black and red? Black. I'm black. Yeah, I'm always in black. Yes, for sure. The black is my is my color. That's interesting. I really didn't even think of that. But my purse is I'm always black. My car is black. There's a reason uh, why you're being yeah. internally brand consistent. My phone. Yeah. Phone. Exactly. And look, is that a yeah, that's one of your stickers on it, which is of yeah. course red and black. Right. You're right. It is consistent. So but that's good because yeah. now if and I hope someday to meet you in person. Yeah. I'll know you from across the room because I'll be looking for your long blonde hair and your black and your red yep. and be like, Carrie. And it's like we're all <laughs> friends, right? I know. I know. You're right. Absolutely. So no, that's, that's true. I didn't even think of that, but thanks for bringing that to my. No. Well, you know, one of the things that I and others, this is not original to me, I don't think, yes. but I and others will say that your brand is what precedes you into a room. Hmm. And a lot of people confuse that with, well, isn't that reputation? To which I say, no, 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 no. See, reputation, I have no control over. My reputation exists in the minds and the hands of other people. I've had my reputation spoiled by other people who had an agenda against me. And I'm not, I, I'm not a therapist, so I don't want to go deep into this. But I'm going to say, Carrie, have you ever had a situation where someone with an agenda against you was able to perhaps ruin or uh, tarnish your reputation. And it took a while to get that reputation back. Hmm, that is a good. Go back to high school. The answer is yes. Yes. Go back to, and you know, I did have some business ventures. Is this, is this recording? Well, oh yeah, we're, yeah. of course we're recording. I'll, I'll yes. cut out anything you don't want to talk about. Yeah. Yes. I think um, well, in business, I did have some partnerships where we were different, you know, aligned on different things. And I have certain, certain ways that I am my character and certain ways that I've always approached things. And that was different. It was hard to be branded with someone else. Yeah. Uh, you if know, you weren't aligned. Yes. If we weren't aligned. And uh, so it's, it's really hard. I mean, that's really rare to have like some businesses do partnerships together. So it just really depends some things, but some things not. So 
Yeah. And that's so key. I mean, again, I've always believed that a business partnership is as or more important than a marriage in terms of picking the right mate. Because oftentimes with a marriage, you pick someone who's complimentary to you. You know, yeah. the, the skills you have, I don't have. The, the sensibilities you have, I don't have. But at the same time, I may have strengths that you don't have. So that's kind of like a dovetail joint with the, one of the strongest joints in carpentry. If yes. you want to get technical, yeah. but in business, my God, we've, without going into any detail. Yes. This is off the record. <laughs> yes. This is on the record, off the record. Off the, okay. Okay. We've all had bad business marriages that were like, I thought you were cool and that we agreed that we wouldn't do shady stuff yeah. and you're doing shady stuff right and left and I don't like it. And then I find out you're blaming me for your shady actions. <laughs> it's what? tough. And when money's involved, you know, when there's money involved, it's stressful. You're right. It is, it is harder than a marriage, especially with someone they don't might not know as, as well. And, uh, you know, you're a few, few years in and it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a learning, a learning experience. I so. see the pain in your eyes. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is. So now I, that's why I found in my own thing. I wanted full control and, you know, I'm never going to say never to, a, you know, a partner down the road. Cause someone said to me once, never say never, but I know what Noah, it was a, a great learning experience. And I'm going to guess that you have reached the age where you realize, you know what, I know who I am mm -hmm. and I'm going to be it. And so Absolutely. would you say that brand groupies is exactly you in business entity form? Absolutely. Yes. And my, my goal was always to have a company culture that was fun. And like, you know, that's what we've started at Brand Groupies. I mean, when I was fortunate enough to be able to hire people and we have a small team, but we do really fun things. And that's my favorite part of it, collaborating and just, you know, getting excited about what they're doing on the side and their lives and just making it fun because work should, you know, it shouldn't be stressful. And, and I say this to, you know, my VP of PR, we worked in fashion too. It was so stressful. We could write a book on the stories of the stress. And so we're like, we're not putting out, you know, we're not in the emergency room. We're not putting out fires anymore. And our goal is to, you know, really work at the highest level and be the groupies of our clients, but also have, have fun doing it. And we really are selective with our partners now. I'm like, I don't need to have a toxic client. And so I, we've said no to so many people in the past few months because they just weren't a fit. And that makes me so excited. And that's a whole nother podcast, the art of saying no, but we really are sticking to our lane. And, you know, we're, we're hoping we're attracting, you know, the next big construction company or New Jersey engineering firm. That's our, our goal is just to have like three or four like major corporations and, and have our small team and just have fun and have a work-life balance. So I'm guessing there may be some listeners out there who are going, yeah, but I'm a solopreneur and I've only been out for a little bit of time and I have to say yes to everything. If someone comes in and wants to pay me $50 to design a logo for them, I'll do it. And at some point, and this is me talking, having been out freelance for a long, long time, you can't do that because it burns your energy. It mm -hmm. cheapens the perception of what you're worth. And by the way, that person who got that logo for 50 bucks their recommendation of you to someone else is, oh yeah, he's great. He'll do a logo for 50 bucks yes, and they'll be coming exactly. to you for a $50 logo. 
Exactly. Exactly. And it was only through years of learning and, and going through those bad experiences that I realized we, I really had to say, say no and, and really value my time and my worth. And it's really, it, it wasn't easy. I have to say it wasn't easy, but I just kept at it and kept at it and figured out our niche. We, I really didn't know. I did every, when I first started brand groupies, I said, yes, I did PR events, social, everything. And it wasn't until I guess a few, three or four years ago, where I started to really focus on social and then PR. We started our division last year. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are, now available on Amazon.com. Jay Baer, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. This goes back to one of my favorite follows, Pat Flynn. He's the guy I learned this from or heard it from. There's riches in the niches. And literally, you have, are, are niching down, niching down, depending on how you want to. I say the it. same thing. I'm like, niche, niche. I still don't. <laughs> yeah, I, see, the, the smart ass in me knows. I know it's pronounced niche, but niche, Americans call it niche. So I guess I got to prove that I, I know. know it the right way, yes. but say it the American way. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm that jerk. But, but it's true. You're, you yeah. are literally niching down to HVAC and architecture coming yeah. from a fashion background. Yes. Personally does make sense to me because one of the things in creativity, when I do a creativity workshop is teach this idea of going to a different universe, which is if you're in the construction, HVAC, architecture, engineering sector universe, you need to get out of that universe when you're thinking of creative ideas by going to an entirely different universe, such as makeup, fashion, mm. footwear, Swiss handmade watches. <laughs> yes. And you can learn more by going there than just by looking at what your competitors are doing, because then you're going to be doing what your competitors do. Exactly. And didn't you do a, a talk for the AEC industry? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've done that for MPS. SMPS and That's yeah, awesome. yeah, exactly. So and cool. the, uh, who, who would ever have believed the national association of the remodeling industry uh -huh. have a guy like me speak to them at their national thing. But That's they, so did. Cool. they did. They did. Because yeah. people are dying for that because I don't need to learn about the stuff I already do. Mm -hmm. I need to learn about what you learned in Milan working yeah. with luxury brands because again your architecture firm client i'm guessing they're saying to themselves you know we'd like to be doing fewer strip malls and more high rises we'd like to do some signature buildings maybe not frank lloyd wright or you know frank gary but we wouldn't mind having our name known by people and having them go wow they're top shelf mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. And I'm sure that you're already thinking of how to get them there and you're already working that, right? Yes. Yeah. And they have some great, great clients. Like they did the Peloton headquarters in the city, you know, and we name drop a lot of a lot of their, their clients that 
fit in the Soho house, you know, they fit into that next level and they're going to keep going that way with hospitality and, and retail. Well, it, it's so, funny you mentioned that because I was talking to someone who had gone to my website and saw my, some of the samples of work I've done in the past with ad agencies. And they said, yeah, you got a lot of stuff with dogs that are really cute and all that stuff. Do you do that on purpose? Put that stuff up there? And I go, yeah, because I want to do more of that stuff. Yes. The bank brochure that I've written or the annual report for Boring Corp, not yes. Elon Musk's boring company, but boring. I'm talking boring, boring companies. You know, I'm not, I don't want that stuff. I'm going to highlight the best stuff that I want to get more of because guess what happens? You mm -hmm. attract people who want that. Yes, totally. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, you're right. So Oof. let's talk about your client base with brand groupies. You know, you've got the traditional logo page on your website that has a bunch of logos of companies and stuff. Yeah. And it's everything from hair salons to music academies yeah. to home inspection companies. So we're talking yeah. about small businesses, but yeah. I'm guessing some of those small businesses don't want to remain small businesses. No. And full disclosure, we are, you know, we've evolved. So we really need to put some more of our recent case studies from this past year, but that's, you know, a lot of brands that I, I started out with and helping build their personal brands when they were small businesses and since have, you know, have grown, but a lot, some of those have turned into multimillion dollar companies. And you have to approach it based on what the goals of the company are like, let's, and I don't know, you may have a client like this. You may not. If there's a client out there who says, yeah, I've got one restaurant or one hair salon or one, but I want 50 and mm -hmm. I want them throughout the mid Atlantic region. And then I want to go to the West coast and then work our way across in a pincer movement across the entire North American yeah. subcontinent. I'm guessing that you're like, yep. We can do that, but we have to start with who you are. Mm -hmm. Understand that at a DNA base pair level. Absolutely. Yes. And I think, you know, one of my actually full disclosure, it's my sister's company. She owns a coffee chain called Coffee. And when she started with one store, it was all about knowing her. She would go out to all of the schools and do speaking engagements and get the brand known and you know, so that everyone knew her and the brand in the local, like everyone from her high school she went to, the, you know, all her friends in the community, local businesses. And then once they were, she was, they were known with the first store, they then would move to the next town over and five miles away. And then it just built. And now they have 13 stores, but there are 12 just in Monmouth County and they're each like five miles from each other. But it was like starting small and becoming the best coffee in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Then it was like, oh, the best coffee in Oakhurst and Long Branch. And now it's the best coffee in Monmouth County. And, you know, some people say it's the best coffee in New Jersey, but they just keep growing. But it started by her going out there as the face of the brand and being the local entrepreneur back in 2010 and, you know, continuing to build and build the stores. Well, I'm old enough to remember when this small coffee shop opened up I was in Chicago at the time Okay, at a really unique kind of green color. And then I saw another one down the street and then another and another And this is Starbucks early days of yes. Starbucks. Okay. And they, they caught on to something, which was back then there was this whole idea that had been uh, created by some sociologist about the third space that people needed a third space. It wasn't work. It wasn't a home. 
It was the third space. And that's what Starbucks was supposed to be. Wow. It's now become a place where you can get Putumayo CDs, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But people are dying for that original idea, which was a third space, a local version. Right. of I'm not a Starbucks coffee drinker. Well, what do you drink? I drink Rook coffee. Yeah. Why? Because yep. it's local. It's local. Guess what? There is no local coffee in the United <laughs> States of America. We don't grow coffee here. But no. we roast it. We roast it. Exactly. Yep. So they, they roast it. But it all starts with that, the, the human element. So... But I think it's interesting because my age, I, it's taken a while for me to get used to being on camera, like the millennials who are just on video all day long. And, you know, I try to say to my clients, like you have to get past, if you're uncomfortable, you have to get past that because you have to get out there. You can't just hide behind the company. You have to, you know, it's everything. In the Bible, it talks <laughs> about hiding your light under a bushel. <laughs> That's what most people do. They hide their light under yeah. a bushel and they don't realize the tremendous opportunity they have just by getting out there and yeah. starting to talk. And again, we're talking about the anti-architect that you have as a client. Mm -hmm. You know, the podcast, is he starting to do some mini video stuff as well? So we are starting, we did some B-roll and video and uh, we do the episodes on, on YouTube, but that's kind of the next the next phase. So we're, we're looking to do some more link like LinkedIn live and then get it out there. They're more with videos. Yeah. Well, that's so important because no matter what, no matter how niche, how niche, how small your area yeah. of, of the business universe is, people don't know what you know. Mm -hmm. And one of the, I went to a talk once by somebody and they said, don't judge your first step on my 500th. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, that's a really good point. Which is you're so far ahead of me. It's like, no, 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 no. I am one step ahead of where you are today because you haven't started yet, you know, mm -hmm. and you can, you'll never catch me because I'm continuing to go forward, but you have to start doing it. Right. And it's amazing how every sector has industrial shows or, you know, association conventions, get togethers, and they need speakers. Who are they going to get? Uh, to talk about the latest in rebar engineering placement, blah, blah, blah. They're going to get someone who's talked about it someplace and seems interesting. Yeah. And it could be you. Why? Because you put out a video about rebar engineering, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. And you're known, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people, and if YouTube has taught us anything is, there used to be a thing called, ooh, you've got a face for radio. meaning. You could never be on TV. YouTube has taught us you can be whoever you want to be as oh, long yeah. as yourself and delivering valuable content. Yep. You know, longtime listeners of the podcast will remember Roger Wakefield, who is the expert plumber on YouTube. Why <laughs> is he the expert plumber on YouTube? Because he's done probably close to 600, maybe 700 videos by now yeah. by doing it every week, a couple times a week. And getting out there and explaining everything from how to do this plumbing thing to why you shouldn't pay a plumber to do this for you. Mm -hmm. Just, and believe it or not, he is huge. Not only for people who might be into, uh, I need a new toilet, but also Google. Yeah. They came to him because he's a tradesman who's effectively using YouTube and they wanted him to teach other tradesmen how to use YouTube. 
Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that story. So check out Roger Wakefield yeah, Roger on Wakefield. YouTube, The Expert okay. Plumber. Or better yet, type in plumbing problem or plumbing in YouTube. Okay. And look at the first 10 videos and count the number that are Roger. And you'll know him because he's this guy with a big walrus mustache. And he, he looks like a big Texan who's got a big personality because he's a big Texan who's got a big personality. <laughs> I love it. All right. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's so true, though. There's so much, so much opportunity for, for everything and finding where you stand. Of course, LinkedIn is our, is our go-to, but, you know, with TikTok, there's so much happening. And yeah, that, that's the challenge is there's so many channels. You got to be selective. And Clubhouse, and we're like, should we jump in? And I was jumping yeah. in. Clubhouse? What's Clubhouse? I mean, <laughs> Clubhouse was big six months ago. Yes. And I remember I now you've got, yeah, you got Twitter spaces You and one of my favorite podcasters, two of them who do the pivot podcast, Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway, they mm. like to point out that Clubhouse is a feature, not an app, meaning mm. ephemeral audio. We can add that to our app, which Twitter's done, which Facebook is doing, which yeah. LinkedIn is going to be doing. Do, yep. And Clubhouse is going to be nothing. So any, anyway, that's, yeah. that's me saying Clubhouse is not long for this world, if you ask yeah. me. But I may be wrong because I, I thought Facebook was going to go away when people realized that yeah. they would lose jobs because of what they posted on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they have. But anyway, yeah. I want to talk to yeah. Carrie about what she specifically is doing to build her personal brand, not just the brand Groupies mm -hmm. brand, but the Carrie Balog brand. So the Carrie Balog brand. Well, my podcast is something that I feel comfortable with. I love telling people's stories. And so that's something that I, you know, will continue to do. And I, I used to interview a lot of entrepreneurs and, and then it kind of pivoted to other brand leaders, because I love talking to my peers and hearing like, what's the next big thing, you know, in branding, social media, design, creative, and the groupies behind the scenes, you know, so it's almost like a backstage series. So it's really that, you know, gets me excited. And so I, you know, I can't help but, you know, love music. And so I feel like, you know, music carries through, although I feel like I do have bands that come to me and they think that I do PR and social for music. So that's the only thing that it's, you know, there's kind of a distance between a disconnect between my personal brand and my clients. But the whole point is that we're groupies and we just, we, you know, we come in and we, we are just so passionate about our brand. Sometimes we're more passionate than our, the brands, <laughs> the people like our clients, you know, we're like, really like, over the top. So we get really excited about them. And then I think for my personal brand, I just did a dream brand class last week as part of a, they called it dream camp. So a lot of classes and it's interesting. I did look into doing maybe some online classes. I do have this, I don't know, this class called the brand, you know, building your brand pillars. And we go through the whole exercise, which I, you know, which I do with, I, I used to do with startups and now I do with, you know, the multimillion dollar clients really taking a brand binge, I like to call it, and go deep and figure out asking the right questions. And we, we have a whole process, a questionnaire to come up with their brand pillars. It's interesting. I did this class and we had a great reception to it. It's just about finding the time. That's a whole other kind of direction. And the day-to-day -day is, is a lot. And so yeah. just kind of figuring what's your best bang for your buck. And I think the podcast I love because 
it checks off so many boxes. I'm able to just take audiograms and put the content out there, get great stories and add value to people. And then I love the band that gets me really excited and I want to continue to rock out. And I feel like that goes with my brand organically. I mean, I, you know, it wasn't like, I'm just going to go join a band for, for brand groupies and the carry brand, but it's authentically me. Music is my passion. And it's, if you asked me what I wanted, would want to do every single day, I would want to go play the guitar. Well, I can dig that because again, listeners, you don't know it, but I've got seven guitars behind me. I know. I want to check them out. I'm looking. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But they're all cheap because I'm a cheap dad of three daughters who are all going to college. So. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. My youngest is going. It's never too, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. But I am picking my spots as well. And and my spot is the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, which I am going to wrap up right now. My guest today has been the lovely and talented Carrie Balog. Her band is Mama Drama. So if you're out there in the New Jersey area, New York area, and you see Mama Drama is playing, you got to check them out and say hi to Carrie. Carrie, what's the name of your podcast? The Brand Groupies Podcast. Okay, so check that out wherever you get your fine podcasts for free, just like the nonfiction brand podcast, which I hope you will like, subscribe, refer, and review to other people because that helps other people find it. Believe it or not, I'm not spending a cent on marketing this podcast. It's simply word of mouth that is getting me ears. Anyway, that's it for me. I, again, I'm your host, DP Knuton, and she is... Carrie Bellog. And I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.